welcome to the Board MBG podcast, a place where we love to talk about all the mess that is 90 Day Fiance. I'm Evie and I'm an LA girl who's currently living in London with my own 90 Day Fiance slash foreign uh, fiance. Sorry, someone pointed out in my messages that I stopped saying that and people don't realize like, why are you in London? That's why I'm here, y'all. I was wondering why all of a sudden you were giving your intended a shout out again. <laughs> Just because a lot of foreign people are going into my DMs talking about like, hey, baby, look good in your swimsuit, <laughs> the bikini. Can you install bidet at your house? Can I come over? Hey, baby, you look good in your bikini. Can I get you out of that into something more modest? Um, <laughs> hi, everyone. I'm Kat and the L.A. slash California girl. And let me just clarify, because I've lived up and down the California coast, because if Evie can clarify about her life, I can clarify about mine. And my warning for y'all is that we drop profanity every single week. It's guaranteed. And now that that's out of the way, let's get into this buffoonery, this shitstorm. Truly a shitstorm. Um, and before we talk about this episode, uh, the latest episode of the Bilal is a Dick and Gaslighter show, let's just go into a piece of news, which is that Jihoon and Devin are officially divorced, y'all. It is legal. We know that they have been separated for a long time that she moved on a long time ago as well to her like model actor LA boyfriend but yes uh Devin took to Instagram to let us know that after an almost two-year battle I am officially divorced I couldn't be happier this journey was very difficult and draining after my ex had fired his lawyer and never showed up to court nor took up visits After almost a year of the judge postponing and extending dates for my ex to respond, we finally made it to court. After a year of frustration, I can finally close this chapter. For people asking, I was awarded full full soul and physical custody. Um, She said a video with more details will be coming up soon. And she did answer. People were wondering if the divorce uh, proceedings happened in the U.S. or Korea. And she said that they happened in America because it was came down to where Taeyang had lived the longest. And he spent most mm. of his life in America at this point. Mm, so sad. Not for the divorce, but for Taeyang, whose family is going to be split. I mean, his parents are living two totally different continents. And I just feel bad for the kid. I feel bad for the kid. I feel bad for Jihoon. I feel bad for her. It's sad for everyone um, in the mix. It's hard to criticize because one part of me sees this statement and thinks like maybe Jihoon didn't have the money or to pay for adequate representation or come mm-hmm. to America to fight for his custody rights um, in the divorce trial. But then again, I'm like, I don't know if that's true. I remember a while back, like Jihoon was begging for money online. Um, and keeps like fans. <laughs> on the street. <laughs> well, no, but. Uh, I mean, almost, but no, I remember him like asking or people giving donations online to him. And I also feel like even though I've heard 90 Day does not pay that great, I feel like you are on a show watched by millions of people. Could you not have figured out some way to monetize that, to maybe Mm -hmm. help uh, fund your custody battle? And I, from what Devin has said, he does not help them financially whatsoever so the whole situation is fucked like I think you know I think it was rigged against him from the beginning because obviously she moved back to America and it was just gonna you know when you're two different continents gonna be hard but at the same time Mm -hmm. like I don't know enough to know if he truly 
put in the work to try to, you know, financially support and be involved. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's rough. <sighs> Can we move on to happier news? <laughs> that was your thoughts on the situation. Because I just, I don't know what else to add to this other than just like, I'm thinking about everyone in the situation and like, Obviously, we watch this show for entertainment value and like you can make all the bitchy comments that you want to. This is the Bored and Bitchy podcast, but these are human beings at the end of the day. And I am an empathetic person. And if I focus too much on like what each person is going through or has gone through, it's nuts. But what I will say to keep this show light (laughs) and entertaining is that like this all started because she got pregnant on their first time together. So for y'all listening, condom up. You know, birth control, uh, don't let the one night stand become the multi-continental divorce story later. Yeah, and we can always look back at happier, fonder times when we think of this couple, you know. Like Priscilla when, going crazy at the park. <laughs> <laughs> Priscilla going nuts and almost running into traffic and causing an argument between them. Or when uh, Jihoon very much made a splash and a sensation and, you know, really solidified his place in 90 day history quote history when he talked about the importance of a bidet and a clean anal and your family whole family having a clean anal and like look at how these threads continue to weave their way through the 90 day tapestry because here we are many years later and Muhammad is continuing to you know ride for this bidet and how important it is and it is once again causing drama within (laughs) this couple from one clean anal to another (laughs) Well, not, this on. is not so clean because the bidet is still not working. Yeah. Anyway, you, do you have other news for us before we just center on someone's anal? No, just a, anal is the only thing. Okay. <laughs> I, I wouldn't move Well, you forward. know what? Actually, I think it's a perfect translation, tra- translation, transition to Bilal and Shada because I'm starting to see that Bilal is a little bit anal. A little bit. <laughs> Girl, he, he is tighter than his pants. Like he is more uptight than his pants are. I mean, it's it's difficult to make to have like a fun conversation about this couple will we'll Bilal in particular, but we will try. Obviously, we're going to front end this. At least I feel like you're probably in agreement that Bilal's behavior is just horrifying. And like, mm-hmm. I, I'm like, I watch every week and I'm like, does Bilal like Shida at all? Or is this some kind of sick joke that he's like? really enjoying breaking this woman down is she just a prop that he needed to be on this show because I get no serious affection tenderness care I guess except for like the one moment where he put up that like you know that article about her in her yoga room that other than that he created the yoga room for her yes other than that we've just seen a bunch of bullshit from him you know this whole time or like up until now not this whole time but like this episode and the last episode, I really started to wonder what was the catalyst behind his divorce from his ex-wife? Like, I would love to get his ex-wife's take on why they had to separate. And I don't want to hear we just grew apart. Mm-mm. There's definitely something. There's got to be something deeper there. There's a lot of mysteries going on with Bilal. The, what happened, the real reason with the divorce. A lot of the Internet feels like his house is like an Airbnb or like some kind of rental home or something. They think he's putting it up for the show because people (laughs) have noticed that if you've noticed, they've never actually cooked. Like you've never seen them cook in there. It all looks really pristine. It doesn't seem like he's even gone every time it's, he's gone out for like takeout coffee. 
Shaida hasn't really been able to locate like actual cooking supplies there. So there's a lot of conspiracy <laughs> theories with people that think this is not his actual house. I would have, wow, man, people out there with the eagle eye, the eagle watching, I would have never thought that because I feel like the persona that Bilal exudes or tries to exude matches his house perfectly. But now that I think about it, like, I don't know that I've seen personal items in the house. Like, I don't think I've seen a picture of his kids anywhere. You haven't seen anything, like, hanging on the walls. Like, it's Well, other than, yeah, the article. (laughs) But you could get that little, like, sticky, you know, the sticky tag. I have that, yes. <laughs> you just pull it off. When, you know, it's good for renting. Um, well, we can get to the most important part of this episode, the big debate, which I don't even feel like it's a debate. He's fucking lost online, all right? Like, he turned off his comments. He is not trying to hear it because the Internet is ready to drag. They are dragging Bilal as he should be dragged. Well, Kat, I will let you state your opinion. Do you think Bilal was in the right um, with his response to Hayda, to Hayda, to Shida's hit or mm-hmm. touch, a playful touch, abusive touch? What, what, how do you feel? I'm going to be very honest because you, I mean, I've already started by saying Bilal's uptight, right? And I, and I think in the last few episodes of our podcast, it's become clear that like I'm siding more with Shada. So let me just be objective here and be honest that I went on a little bit of a journey in how I felt about this because Bilal did bring up the point of like, after I had told her I wasn't cool with it, she did it again. Overall though, I think he overreacted. I don't think that, that Shada, Shada, I forget how to pronounce her name. I don't think that she was being, aggressive I think it was a friendly tap and it was also in response to him saying something I, I forgot what it was but it was like dick wait a minute dick-ish? Kat, sorry cat I don't I don't know if you've noticed but you have quite the large brown and green booger sticking out of your nose right now I don't know if <laughs> you want to address that because it's quite disgusting is that what it was yes. okay it was Okay, so, and apparently, thank you for reminding me, apparently this booger no, your nose. Nobody's going address that booger, though. because It's been an ongoing joke, apparently, because she was like, I'm so tired of the booger <laughs> in my nose. Like, I don't have a booger. And so she tapped him jokingly. Okay, I didn't think it was a big deal. I understand cultural differences, but he just reacted so, like, in that moment, he just flipped the switch. Just, like, the light went out in his eyes, and he became very serious, and, like, I don't know where you come from. But where I come from, blah, 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 blah. But you do know where she comes from. You've been and visited. <laughs> She's from Trinidad. You told us. What are you talking about? Oh, my God. And I feel like I'm rambling at this point. So I will close out with, with two thoughts. The first is that, like, even before they left for, for Juma, because that's where they were going, he had made this whole stink about, like, I hate being late. That is my biggest pet peeve. We're going to – we need to be on time. But let me – bullshit and waste some time on the side of the road to teach you a lesson and play a joke where I'm going to make you take an Uber, but I don't really mean it. Okay. Second thought is like, I think Shada summarized it perfectly. He's okay playing these like jokes when I'm at the center of it, but God forbid or Allah forbid that like he be the brunt of the joke for once. Mm. Yeah, I'm with you in that. My immediate reaction watching it was one, I think Shaida was trying to explain context to us. And I agree. If you looked at what she was saying, how she gave the little tap, 
her voice, her demeanor, I don't think she was trying to be abusive. I don't think she was trying to inflict any pain. And I do think it was in a joking manner. That being said, I personally don't like people to put their hands on me either. Um, I am a touchy-feely person, but if my fiancé was just like to tap my forehead, let's say, or like tap the side of my head, I don't know if I would think that's funny. And I might be like, okay, you know, like, don't, don't do that. And I would probably be irritated if he did it again or continuously kept doing it and be like, do not hit my head. I already asked you to stop. I think the only reason I'm not giving Bilal the grace to be like, okay, he has a right to be annoyed is that he's been such a dick. And like, same thing, like pulling these pranks, like he's consistently kind of putting her on edge, you know, like making her the butt of the jokes, putting, you know, like making her feel insecure, not having her back. So I just felt like this is again, like just another tactic for him instead of like genuinely being like, okay, I don't like to be hit. It was another way for him to be like, all right, you're going to have to take an Uber back, like kind of de- like demoralizing her and demeaning her. And it just feels like he, I agree with her. He seems like he's more of in the dad figure and he's kind of like, you have to be submissive to me, which I didn't like. So again, if we didn't have the pattern of the Bilal behavior, then I would be like, all right, girl, she said, he said, don't put his, your hands on him. Just let it go. Don't do it. All of that, even though I don't think she meant to be obviously like a violent or hurt him, but Bilal in general is just like trash. And then then they get to the mosque and he just totally left her out to dry. Oh. No introductions to anyone. Like, I just felt so terrible for her. I mean, yes, absolutely. It was one of those things where like, okay, she she did something to you again after you told her that she shouldn't. I agree. She should not have done that second time. The first time, you know, she learned. You told her. But still, for you to have treated her that way, I felt was over the top. And it wasn't even before he got to the mosque because they had pulled up to some place with like a bunch of school buses. And she's like, are we here? And he's like looking out the window like, yeah, we're here. Walks away, <clears throat> gives her That's no context. Nothing. And she's like, yeah. yeah, so she's like, do I stay in the, like, what's happening? And then she's realizing, oh, he's picking up his kids. I get that that might not seem like a big deal, but put yourselves in her shoes, like, She's sitting there like, I don't know what to do. Do I follow him? He's giving me no context. He's already giving me the cold shoulder. And then she's on her way to the mosque to meet his family, to meet his community, to meet his ex-wife, you know, who's going to be like her co-parent, hopefully. She's so nervous. And she's trying to walk in with all positive intentions. Unlike some of the people we've seen where it's like, oh, you have a relationship with your ex? Mm-mm, not on my watch. I don't care if you share, you know, three kids, a goat and a cat. But totally leaves her out in the cold and she's like jittery by the time it's it's time to meet the ex-wife like that's just not right and then later well then he drops her off at home to be like I don't really want to be around you so I'm going to drop my kids off but you can't be part of that so dropping you off back Mm -hmm. at home and then I guess they had already planned some kind of like night out so she gets all done up and then he's like "Mm, no I'm just not feeling it because of your aggressive behavior (laughs) And, you know, just we need we have a lot of things to talk about. So it's like, again, I just feel like this is a lot of game playing where if he was mature enough, once she noticed that he was truly upset about the hitting, it's not like she continued. She said, all right, well, I'm sorry. Maybe it is a culture difference. I won't do that. There was no ill intention in there. That would be his opportunity to let it go because she's Mm -hmm. let a lot of his bullshit go. But no, it just seems like he is just trying to one up her. So that's why Mm -hmm. I'm really glad that the internet really has been getting his ass together all the way. Like that has been all week has been Bilal talk. And this is how bad it is. People online are now saying Bilal 
is the worst person they've seen on 90 Day, or they're no. putting him up with Mark and Leda. Leda. No. <laughs> no. I don't yes. think he's reached Leda's status, but we are only on episode like six. He could get there. He could. <laughs> I mean, I think it's recency bias because no one yeah. to me has topped Leda and Mark as being like the truly most despicable people I've seen on yeah. this show. But I can see how he, like, him, a big ad, a couple of people make it up the ranks, but still, like, mm. I mean, Lyda? Like, yes, she was trying Lyda's to kick his kids worst, out. I think, yeah. Um, so you had made a point of, like, you know, Bilal continues to one-up her, and it is this power dynamic. So, and two other things, they were small, but plays into your points. When they're leaving Juma, you know, he's telling her, like, I want to talk to you we need to have a conversation about what happened but like you know let's leave the kids out of this i want to be a good parent they're here but makes it a point to make give her like some aggressive mumbled comments as she's getting into the car and the kids are right behind her so she's like she can't really express too much but he's basically trying to get a rise out of her the second thing is that when he finally comes home from dropping off the kids and she's ready for date night they have this conversation where they each express what was hurtful what was wrong to them he he goes first says his piece she apologizes and then she goes on to say like the way that you left me out in the cold at the mosque was really hurtful i was there to meet your family that could have been his opportunity to be like you're right i shouldn't have done that i'm Mm -hmm. sorry instead he said well i was hurt so he centers it back on his feelings and his needs and doesn't apologize for his actions. He justifies them instead. This is what I'm saying. I mean, what did, what did her mama say? Girl, get your get backside. Your back. Get your behind. Yeah. <laughs> get your behind back over. And yes, I agree, girl. I just want to give a shout out to an incredible Reddit post. Kat, mm. I don't know if you are a fan of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I don't know if you've seen the show. Maybe of course, some of our I have. You have? I have. Okay. Well, I don't know if you remember the episode with the Dennis system. Dennis is a despicable womanizer on the show, and he has a system. <laughs> yes. <laughs> where he After likes, his name. <laughs> after his name. So every letter in his name represents a different stage of the system where he's basically. Like just, demean or something. <laughs> just breaking women down. Um, yes. Someone literally took that, uh, photoshopped Bilal's head uh, to <laughs> Dennis's head and redid the words, uh, the posters. So now it's the Bilal system. Um, this is the Bilal system. Okay. B stands for build distru- distrust with pranks. I, ignore questions about having children. L, lecture constantly. A, accused of being materialistic after giving gifts. L, leave on the side of the road. <laughs> I'm clapping. Bravo. I mean, bravo to you, Travel Artist 248. That is incredible. I just love the, just even the opener, build distrust with pranks. <laughs> I just, just, yeah, the other day I was telling my husband about something that like people were doing online. I was like, how do people have the time? That's what I want to know. But then there are moments like this where I'm like, thank you, people, for finding the time <laughs> to create and then bring me enjoyment. Thank y'all for finding the time because that truly tickled me. And I was like, we knew this is what we said from the moment. Why would you start with such an elaborate prank? And it's like he's trying to like have her always guessing. She's like on her tippy toes. She's totally off balance. This is all fucked up game. 
And yeah, leave your comments off below because the internet is not pleased. They're coming. Mm. Let's not forget either that she's so uncomfortable in his home, like making a mess that she's over there sipping her coffee over the kitchen sink. Like, that's just not the kind of life that I'd like to live. Well, this is why people think it's a, it's not his home. Like, it's some kind of, like presentation house or something. Okay. Well, why don't we move on to Jabri and Miona? Because they are also not in their own home. <laughs> they are instead no. living with, what is her name? Mahala? Uh, yes, I think it is Mahala. Mahala and Mahala Ronald. Mahala Ryan. Right? Ronald Ryan? Brian. Brian. Okay. Who are Jibri's parents and well, I think the it's whole Jibri's mom and his stepdad. Stepdad. Yeah, but he refers to him as his dad because he was in his yeah. life from the time he was six. So we'll just refer to them as his parents or as the laundry snoopers. <laughs> um. So this whole thing starts with Miona's at home by herself because Jibri has gone off to do the music. And so Mahala decides that she's going to check in on Miona because she is home alone and she wants to help her feel comfortable. Isn't that so nice? Mm. So she's going to take the opportunity to teach her how to use the washer and dryer. And while she's at it, she's going to make comments about Miona's clothing and also take that opportunity to say that people may not see her as intelligent because of her style. That's so welcoming. So nice of her. I'm so troubled by Mahala and her interactions with Miona and the way she's been speaking to her because I'm like I keep reminding myself she's a therapist therapist. so I'm like does she get licensed at the same place that gave Angela some love after lockup (laughs) a therapist license what is going on because it's like an online unaccredited school (laughs) apparently like I I was about to shout out some (laughs) some one of these like no don't but that was like I don't want to insult her but no no, don't tell anyone because it's not like we went to a prestigious school either. <laughs> well, I mean, no. <laughs> um, I mean, can you not tell? I believe all the way. Um, but yes, I I'm just like, okay. Would I personally want some gorgeous young woman that's like 30 years like, you know, younger than me? walking around my man looking fly as hell in like I don't know super skimpy clothes maybe it would make me feel uncomfortable but you know what you're a therapist living your truth if that is what is making you feel uncomfortable then literally just spell it out I wasn't appreciating this passive aggressiveness of like oh what is this is this a this a headband first of all I don't even know why she was touching her clothes if you want to teach her how to do laundry you should have been like you press this button you pick the temperature, you turn this knob, and that's it. Why was she even, like, touching her clothes and looking through it? But then to be like, oh, well, people aren't going to take you seriously, and you're so smart, and I just want to make sure. And in Grand Rapids, people don't really dress up. Girl, she was saying a lot of nothing, and then her last comment was like, well, if I would appreciate if you're walking around Brian, I was like, there it is. There it is. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. don't want her walking around your man. And you know what? Well, I feel like that's not the greatest way to start a relationship with this other person. That's also valid. You know, some of us have insecurities. The jealousy is a real thing. You know, she could have a totally different way that she feels like clothing, equal respectability, whatever. Just say that because I don't feel like Miona has been, at least from what we've seen, wearing anything super inappropriate. Now, she would have walked out in like a thong or something maybe I would have been like yeah have a conversation with it but Miona was like this is one of my going out outfits so why is she so invested and I didn't feel like those comments she was saying about how 
Neona's going to be perceived, we're coming from a place of actual genuine care. Mm. Mm. No, mm-hmm. she's looking after Brian. Mm. Don't be walking around in front of Brian in your bandana top. And I, well, so at this point, I was wondering, like, is this coming from her or from Brian? Is Brian, like, uncomfortable or is it You think Brian's telling her not to wear that? (laughs) But that's just, it's like, if Brian's getting an erection, dude, tell him to chill the fuck down. Like, it's not, it's not Miona's thing. And so that's just it. After all this happens, then Mahala in the confessional is like, well, why should Miona's needs for wearing her clothes trump everyone else's needs and i'm like why does everyone else have needs that are being unmet because of her clothes like explain the correlation to me yeah it's just i i was just not feeling mahala's energy from the beginning because even when she came into the room like supposedly to check on her and she was like "Mm, oh wow it's actually clean in here like yeah and i'm like okay that is not that is not being like, oh, wow, it looks great in here. You know, like, she just already seemed, like, very condescending. And that's why I'm like, how are you a therapist? Like, it just seems like she's harboring a lot of resentment towards Miona. She doesn't like her. She doesn't like him living in the house. And you know what? They, it's their house. They're the ones that pay rent. It doesn't sound like Jabri and Miona pay rent. So if you were going to not be feeling the situation, just don't even let them move in. You know, just tell mm-hmm. your son, like, I'm sorry. I know myself. It's not going to be a healthy place because I need my space with my man. So you sh- cannot bring over your, you know, your fiance until you're ready to pay rent on an apartment. Both of you alone, not in my space. I can tell you how Mahala is a therapist. And that is how she flipped around the conversation <laughs> between her and Jabri with some Jedi mind therapist tricks to be like, so what's really going on? And tell me more about all the issues you're having in your relationship. <laughs> But before I even get into that depth of the conversation, I will say that I give kudos to Jabri for sitting his mom down to confront her on this. Um, cause some people would just let it slide. Some people would let it boil to the point of having a what was her name? Oh, my Larissa. And, you know, what was her name? Oh, my God. Debbie. Debbie. I almost said Betty. Yeah. A Larissa Debbie type conver- uh, relationship. But OK, so Jabri sits down with mom. He's like, you know, you went through her laundry, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, but hold on. Like, I guess she did in a way, but it's not like the way you're making it seem that she snuck into the room and started going through the dirty clothes hamper. Um, But so then mom turns it around to say, well, she didn't seem so upset about it when we talked. And how can I trust her if she's not being honest with us? (laughs) Okay. It's at this point that I'm like, let's let's not start gaslighting. Like, what was she supposed to have done? You know, been rude to you? No matter what Miona was going to say in that moment, however she responded, it was going to be held against her. And I feel like Miona actually, in a respectful way, did say like, well, this is what makes me comfortable. I'm happy with my body and the way I look. And I don't mm-hmm. feel like I should be judged by my clothes so that to me make is very clear that like I don't agree with what you're saying and I think my clothes are fine but because you are obviously have a problem with it even though I don't like it fine I'm gonna go with it so I don't know why that was so shocking to Mahala that it didn't go over very well I also appreciate the way that um Miona phrased it like well, I would expect that in the 21st century, mm. people would know better than to judge someone by their clothes. I'm like, 
Also, don't forget to remind her that she's a therapist. <laughs> like <laughs> She should know that there are layers to people. And you don't judge a book by its cover. Exactly. The one thing that did make me crack up about the scene is that I had almost the exact moment with my mom. I mean, she didn't do the whole judgment thing, but I had my mom add an extra bit of lining to a bunch. I basically got a bunch of Brazilian cut bikini bottoms online because it was like the perfect cut, great colors. But when I got them, I noticed that the material is actually super thin. So I was scared that if they got wet, you were just going <laughs> to see hoo-ha like right through. Um, so I was like, hello, oh, <laughs> hello, goodbye. <laughs> but I was like, mom, can you add extra lining? Cause she's good at sewing. So cool. She was doing it. And I remember she was giving them to me. She's like, oh, honey, I finished all your headbands. <laughs> and I was like, what? what are you talking about? And she's like, your headbands. I finished sewing your headbands. So I was like, oh no, these are bikini bottoms. And she was like, what? And she picked them up. She's like, where? <laughs> she's like, what is this covering? And she's like, you know what? I don't even want to know. She just put them on the machine. She's like, oh, God. Probably went, prayed a rosary for me. But you know what she didn't do? She could have been like, this is my house. <laughs> I don't want Who you Who raised you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, bless your mom. But, but I also do think it's funny. Your mom was like, here are your headbands. I know you needed extra layer of protection. <laughs> <laughs> From all that sweat. <laughs> oh, my God. So, okay. So, then the conversation, Jabri. Mahala, you know, she flexes the whole like, what's really going on? And what was so funny was that like Jabri fell for it. He starts talking <laughs> like the issues in their relationship. And he started from the beginning and he's like, oh, hold on, mom, hold on. Don't do that. <laughs> like, so clearly she's been doing this to him since he was, well, little, I guess, ever since yeah. she was a licensed therapist. Uh, so good. I mean, that was good. I'm glad he caught it. But yeah, she did do a really good job of flipping that. I think the the richest part was that at the end, you know, she's just concerned that Miona's not going to pull her weight in the relationship because, and this is where she really showed her true colors on how she feels about this, because she thinks that Miona is going to expect others to do the work for her because she's pretty and shows off her breasts. Mm. There it is. That's <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Get out of my house. Yes. <laughs> I mean, there it is. Like I, she said it at the end of the conversation in the laundry room where it really just boiled down to, I don't want you looking sexy in front of my husband. And then she <laughs> said it at the end in the confessional where there's some kind of like judgment or resentment because she feels like Miona is conventionally attractive and uses that to her advantage. But the thing that I think is funny is I'm like, okay, yes, probably. And as a mom, you are allowed to be concerned like, okay, well, I, I don't see any excitement about work or maybe she doesn't help around the house. Like, I don't know. She hasn't really stated that. It seemed like Miona has done whatever's been asked of her. But I'm like, would your son Jabri be that interested if she wasn't like attractive and showing her breasts and wearing that like crop top? I don't know. I don't know. And headbands He's, for shirts. <laughs> yeah. He seems to be really into it. So, yeah. they, you know, let it go. And mom's over here like, well, I just don't really know Miona. I'm like, but you know her well enough to ask her to change her clothes. So, like, if your goal really is to get to know her, are you actually going to get to know her? Meaning, are you going to put down your biases and accept her for who she is? Or has it all just been tainted and there's no, like, repairing it? Mm, well, who knows? Hopefully they are in a better place about it because Miona was on Instagram um, and she posted a picture of Jabri lifting her up 
Um, oh. It was it gave very much like Chloe. I mean, sorry, very much like Courtney and Travis style, where Jonah's wearing like a very tiny bandana style, uh, <laughs> looks like a thong <laughs> bikini. And so you see like a lot of ass and Miona's caption is, I hope Jabri's mom approves. So, you know, hopefully they're in a place where they can joke about it. Doing the most, wearing the least. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I found it and I just gave it a double tap. I liked it. Um, well, let's move on to Biniam and Ariella. Uh, first, Binny is not impressed with American coffee. It says it tastes like hot water. Not really coffee. I get it. I get it. You know, Ethiopians have strong coffee. I haven't actually had it myself, but I hear it's strong. I hear it's delicious. What he is impressed by, though, is New York City itself. And water fountains. And water fountains. You know what, though? I get it. People are, are like, laughing. But that is something to marvel at, like, our accessibility to clean water just randomly on the street. I actually didn't see anyone. Well, I mean, maybe we are on different threads, but... I didn't see anybody laughing on that. I thought people felt overall that it was such a like sweet, genuine, wholesome moment. And I think these are some of the moments where I really like the authenticity of 90 Day, where you truly see someone experiencing a new culture for the first time. Mm -hmm. Because imagine if you've never seen a water fountain or access easy, easy access to clean water, how amazing that is. I thought that was really mm -hmm. sweet. I mean, I don't think anybody, I don't know if anybody was laughing. I didn't see anyone. I just assumed people would like, oh, okay. heckle because <laughs> they're like, it's a lot. Who are you following? <laughs> By people, I mean, no, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, it was one of those moments where it's like, he's he's going through New York. It's his first day there. He's marveling at, at you know, major infrastructure like these skyscrapers and small infrastructure like the water fountains. It seems like they've had a great day together and it ends on not such a high note while they're having a drink at night. I know. Again, I'm going to ask you, are you team like Ari overreacted in this moment? Or are you team Binium? You should see where Ariel is coming from and hear her out. <laughs> I am 100% Ariella overreacted only because my interpretation of it was after they've had like this great day, Benny says simply, it would be cool to live in New York City. And that, in in the way that I saw it, is what set Ari off. Like, she spiraled from, it went from that to, you're unrealistic and ungrateful to my parents. And when they talked further about, like, the stresses that she's carrying, he was like, I get it. But, you know, like she said, he's a dreamer. He's a dreamer. And... He just didn't. He was like, well, we can get through them. We'll figure it out together. To which she responded, if these stressors aren't important to you, then maybe I'm not important to you and we shouldn't get married. I agree with you. I think that she definitely took that overboard because, yeah, I, it's not like Binium was like, OK, I love New York. I refuse to now live in Connecticut. Let's create a plan to move here. I, no, he was <laughs> just like, oh, New York is so cool. I, I would like to live here. And it's like, who doesn't say that when they're on vacation? Like anytime I'm somewhere Everyone. like, oh my God, Jamaica, beautiful. I'd love to live here. Like I'm not actually looking at like rental units, you know, like he didn't seem like it was a serious comment. Like the man's excited, you know, he's dancing on the train, showtime, like you know, he's getting tips. Like he is just excited. I just think she took it overboard. And I understand that she's stressed because this woman has ne apparently never paid <laughs> rent or bills and now that her parents have the audacity to ask her to contribute and it's like 
what is she meant to do? How is she meant to do this? Mm. Get a job? Mm. First, yes, I I don't think that Biniam is completely unaware. I mean, we saw him dancing on the subway, so he's got a plan for money. You know, people go <laughs> on the subway, they dance, they get tips. So he's going to contribute somehow. Um, Second, to be fair, I guess to some degree, Ari said that she's never had to pay rent in the U.S. Like, basically, she's never been financially independent in the U.S., but has abroad. But still, but still, being financially independent in the U.S. with such a high cost of living is is an endeavor. So, like, you've never done that, but you decided that it was still better for your family to come live here, even without a plan. Like, at this point, I'm like, Benny's right. Why did she push for them to move to the U.S. so quickly without a plan, especially knowing that they could afford Ethiopia much more easily than they could afford the U.S.? Yeah, and by affording Ethiopia, knowing that her parents were fully paying for everything in Ethiopia. Like, why do we leave that? That's true. He's like, oh, your parents are paying for, like, a sick house, a nanny. I had a built-in studio. I was bringing friends over. Like, (laughs) what was the problem? I don't understand why we're here. Um, But, yeah, well, I I don't want to, like, totally uh, take any responsibility away from Biniam because I feel like he needs to pull his weight, too. I do feel like... Mm -hmm. Binium, one, has never lived in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Two, you know the cost of living. You know how expensive things are. You know how crazy it is to get into, like, you know, good good work or whatever. And I'm like, you also understand the person you married. It's not like she married an engineer or something. And then she's like, all right, well, your skills are going to translate over this way. Or, you know, it. it's like you knew when you met Binium that he was a booty bongo dancer slash M, you know wannabe MMA fly, fighter slash part-time I don't know trainer so I feel like that should have given you an indication that when he came to America some of those might translate but others might not and maybe he wasn't start going to start off with the highest salary I'm not saying he can't find a job I'm sure he's very capable and eventually you know what he might be making lots of money because I don't know what he's going to get into but at the moment if you're being realistic, based on what Binium has done in the past, why is she expecting that he's going to come in and like be able to knock out rent super fast? What's funny is that I thought you were going to say, you know, she knows the Mary, the person that she married. She knows that he's a dreamer. I thought you were going to say dreamer, <laughs> but then you went on to list his accolades, like booty bongoing. <laughs> you know, um, how much yeah, exactly. that day? <laughs> Like, I agree with you. I'm not letting Biniam off the hook. They both have to figure this out. But Ariella knows that there's a grace period from when they arrive to when he can start making money. And why wasn't she applying for jobs in advance? Like, her dad, her mom, they seem to be well-connected. Like, she could have sent them a resume and been like, can you please ask, you know, your friend if there's a, a spot at the hospital cafe for me? You know, simple things. But instead, it's well, we're here now and I'm super stressed and you don't understand me and don't tell me to calm down because that makes me really mad. And so you can enjoy your Guinness and our night. Yeah. And our day just ended in a very shitty way. Um, I also have one question that I need clarified because she said that she's never been financially independent in the U.S. And we learned the last season they were on that she and her ex-husband were together for some time and he was studying in the U.S., so was she not living in the U.S. with him? Was she abroad during the time that he was in, like, I think Iowa or Wisconsin studying? Or was she just, like, relying on this grad student to support her? 
Well, I think they uh, lived in the uh, like in a Latin American country for a while together. Then they came to the U.S. and I feel like they were living in Connecticut or something. And then that's when he got like into some program. I feel like some graduate program or something in a state she didn't want to live in. So then she went traveling and that's when she got pregnant by Binium and came oh, back and was yes. like, I want a divorce. <laughs> that's right. How dare you go and improve yourself in a place that I don't want to be? Watch me go do the bongo, the booty bongoer. <laughs> and in a place where I might have to work, where my parents might not be paying an apartment. So I'm off. <laughs> Good God. Um, let's take this party over to Austin, Texas um, with Patrick and Thais. And, and what a party know, it is. What time is it? 930, 10 o'clock? That's what I'm saying. It's it's Patrick, Thais, John, this puppy, and some steak that fell on the floor. My very first thought is, honestly, at this rate, like, Thais is going to train that puppy to hate John. <laughs> Thais is already going to train him that, like, his shoes are like a pee pad. <laughs> exactly. But it is it is all fun and games at first, right? Like, she's in the U.S., and the three new roomies are popping champagne. It's It's giggly for, like, I don't know. Five minutes, everyone takes two sips, and then Patrick and Thais go off to the room and inform John that he should turn on the TV very loudly. <laughs> I mean, that's his courtesy, you know? It is. Like, <laughs> it is, but, like, the fun and games lasted 12 hours, maybe? Because then the next morning, um, Thais comes out of the room, and she comes directly for John's throat because he's having a beer at, like, 10 a.m. I don't know. Kind of weird. I... With it, like my opinion just drastically switched um, throughout this segment because within the first few seconds of that morning scene when she walks in saying good morning and already she's like John you're having a beer like what time is it that's crazy my back got against the wall and maybe it's like my secret like partial alcoholic side but I was like oh gosh <laughs> it's like wait a minute wait a minute you first of all you don't know if this is his Sunday. I don't know his work schedule. Maybe this is his day off and he's had a busy week. You know, maybe he uh, did something great at work and he's treating himself. Maybe this is his brand. Like, why are you, you are barely got here. Why are you already judging him? So I was like in John defense mode until John opened his slurry mouth. And I was like, oh, he's fucking wasted. Okay. Like, no, this is not he like his slurry mouth. <laughs> Where he's like, you're going to have that beer. I'm going to eat that steak. It was five second rule. And I'm like, oh, shit. John is fucking on one. And he's not even being like that nice, happy drunk. Like he's actually seems pretty, not aggressive, but he did not seem to be in a good mood. And I was like, oh, it does seem pretty tense in here. So, yeah, my kind of went back on Thais's side. So while I, as a person who moved in, Less than 24 hours before would not have pointed out the beer. I maybe would have been like, oh, hey, shit, it's a party morning. You know, I wouldn't have been like, you're drinking? What time is it? I would have judged him in my mind. I don't know if I would have pointed Mm -hmm. out to him. But at the same time, I did find the behavior a little off-putting. Like, I think if I was Tice, I would be nervous at the level that he was drunk in the morning. And like I said, he seemed a little combative. Like, no, I'm not eating the steak that fell on the floor. I'm with you on like the back and forth, right? Because I was like, Team John, when she comes out, like, you're drinking beer, you're a crazy person. Then Team Her, where it's like, oh, I can understand the hesitation. Maybe she's seen this side of him on phone calls before. But then I go back to Team John, where Thais is like, you're making eggs for John, Patrick. Like, he knows how to make his own eggs. And it's like, 
let like who cares? He's making eggs for his brother. Like why does everything have to be a boiling point? They were both doing it though because there was some point that Patrick was doing something for Thais and John was like, "Why are you doing that? Why why does she need so it was it was just too much on both. Oh, like of oh right, because he was like, oh, you're making breakfast. And he's yeah, like, yeah, it's her first day. Oh, she okay, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Patrick at this point isn't really stepping in to do much other than to like say, well, it is a little early for beer, John. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, I'm like, oh my god, Patrick wants to defuse the situation, right? And but he he's not doing the sensible thing, which is having a conversation. Instead, he's like, let's go play mini golf because, you know, putting around with mechanical obstacles brings everyone together. I'm probably not a good choice to pick the mini golf place with like an open a bar. But, you know, <laughs> we, no, I'm just kidding. OK, but at this, so I'm like, OK, mini golf, Patrick, like really like you're the connective tissue, right? You're the one that needs to step in. But it it, it is at this point that he does sit John down to have this real conversation and you know they both express their love for each other and how they want to be in each other's lives and touch on on a very high level touch on like their childhoods and how you don't grow up going through those things together and not feel close once you're adults I don't know what they were referring to they didn't mention it but I'm glad they had this conversation the only thing is that I hope, I truly hope that Patrick had the same conversation with Thais. He said he did, but it wasn't caught on camera. I hope so, too. And I want to root for John because, like I said, I love a asshole accent. <laughs> um, you know, the, the drinking during episode one seemed fun. During the morning, not so fun. But if he's drinking to cope with some kind of, like, childhood trauma we like like you said they didn't go into specifics so I don't know what happened that seemed like a very genuine moment within Mm -hmm. them so really hope that they can preserve this brother relationship keep it intact and I hope him and Thais can um, find a way to better communicate and live together but this is 90 days so I don't have that much hope (laughs) that is my hope and my wish but I'm sure it will not work out that way well, because even if they do start to get along, then Ryan Noah is going to, you know, push the alarm and send signals to everyone to sabotage it for good entertainment. Ryan Noah is just going to keep providing like beers at like 9 a.m. to John. And John's going John... to be, like, <laughs> be like, Patrick stocked the fridge with beer again. That's so nice. And Patrick's going to be like, I didn't do that. I'd love to see the ne- the like another morning where Tice and Patrick come downstairs and it's not only John drinking at like 1030, but those two friends that he made at the bar. <laughs> hey, come on, dad. It's a fine. This is the, the girlfriend he was telling you about. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, and this is also our new female co-worker who is <laughs> insisting she goes on these door-to-door sales calls with uh, Patrick. Oh, I forgot that supposedly Patrick's not allowed to be alone with a female coworker. I I was thinking Eve was the only person that's right? no longer allowed to be alone with the opposite sex. Um it is just so funny that like I'm thinking, oh Mahad is Mahad. Muhammad is finally going to be happy because he's getting his bidet. It's installed by a professional, but no, he's not so happy about how it's going down. <laughs> Maybe it's because his anal isn't so clean right now. And that's why he is highly irritable. That's why he is being anal. It's just, it's also so funny. So correct me if I'm wrong, but 
when the door was open and this person walked in, I could have sworn that like the the way that the door opened up was within view of the living room, the couch, because Muhammad turned to look at the door when the man walked in, but then goes into the bathroom all chill, like, well, why didn't you tell me he had arrived? Sir, you saw it with your own two <laughs> eyes. I told you he's like a defected bot. Like some the wiring is crossed. I agree with you. I was thinking like I feel like the in the scene he is in view of the door. So I feel like he would have seen the plumber come in. So I, I, to me, it felt a little staged at the beginning. Like the producers were like, this would be a good setup for you to have this conversation about these culture differences that you don't, that you don't agree on. Whether it was set up or authentic, all I know is that this was just trash. I don't understand. <laughs> First of all, on so many levels, like Muhammad, again, picking and choosing what he wants to be really strict about when it comes to his beliefs and his religion, um, because he's saying that Eve cannot be alone in a house yeah, she's an, with an unmarried man or because she's unmarried and she can't be with a, a, a man. She's not married to you and she's like being in the same room with you. So clearly the that's same bed. <laughs> same bed, doing God knows what. So yeah, that's not a allowed. body for <laughs> moments of pleasure. I mean... He, he did also go on to explain that, like, the rule is there for the protection of the woman because you don't know if the stranger is good or bad. And mind you, they're having this entire awkward, <laughs> uncomfortable conversation just like three feet away from the man who was hunched over their toilet trying to install the bidet. And that poor technician is like, I'm going to mind my own business. But did he just call me a predator? Like, what is happening here? You know, and he's probably like, oh, I am definitely jacking my rates up. Like, this is too much. It's too much. This, this toilet isn't fully clean. This is just the worst oh, house yeah, call I've ever had to make. Quite grimy. Oh, God. Well, um, let's go over to Kara and Guillermo, because I feel like things are a little bit grimy between this, this meetup that uh, Kara has set up so that Guillermo can meet her two best friends. I feel like Kara might get along with John. Have they tried to talk to each other and see if there's maybe a spark there? Because I feel like Kara would be fine with a little 1030 beer to start the day. I agree. And you know what? Like, I'm not going to front. I've been there where, like, I start brunch, you know, at 1030, yeah. 11 with a little drink. Like, I've been there for sure. I'm not judging anyone. But apparently these drinking habits are getting to people Guillermo goes and explains to us that like Kara's drinking habits have a very distinct pattern and he knows that the pattern's always going to end in her basically being a mess and not recalling what she said or did the night before I love that Kara has continuously beat us over the head with worries about Guillermo possibly not being mature enough he's so <laughs> young he she's a cradle robber he's six years younger is he responsible and ready enough um to meet her in where she's at in her life meanwhile I feel like everything that Guillermo outlined just made him seem more mature and like she's like what I'm like oh yeah I know I, I like to drink and sometimes I don't remember what I said and I know it's a problem but I'm gonna keep on doing it what's the problem so 
Yeah, definitely yeah. see some issues coming forward. I also love that our part-time balloon artist is trying to make Guillermo seem like he might not be competent enough or career goal oriented enough. And I'm like, man, you literally, when we started the season, talked about you have like 27 different jobs and things you do. And now you're making balloon arches, which listen, can be lucrative. But I'm like, if you can do that, I'm sure Guillermo, who as an immigrant has migrated now to two different countries and managed to find jobs and financially survive on his own, I think he'll be fine. Maybe she's like, you proved my point. I have 27 jobs plus the balloon, so 28 total. I've, hold, <laughs> I've held 28 jobs down at one time or another. You're right. Like, he has proven that he is more mature. Even just the fact that, like, he knows his alcohol limit and she doesn't is telling of their maturity levels. I, to be honest, I didn't know my drinking limit at 23. I was definitely, you know, a mess here and there throughout my oh, early 20s. Know. Yeah, well, you know, Starbucks knows when I threw up in front of their store. Anyway, um, I will say, though, even before I get into more of the conversation, I just think it's so funny that the day before, I think it was the day before, Guillermo met her P.I. uncle and the whole family. And remember, like, she was like, the P.I. uncle might threaten you with violence. And now this next meetup is with her very inquisitive friend who is the most skeptical of him. So, like, she's bringing out the whole welcome wagon. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The Americans on the show always know how to make a foreigner feel super welcome. I wonder why there's any issues between them. Um, and the last point that I, I will make is that, like, I was like, oh, this friend's going to be, you know, a bitch. And her first question was, well, you're so young. Are you really ready for marriage? Because at 23, I was a disaster. <laughs> and he responds, you know, well, he's been through a lot already and he's lived a whole life. He's already immigrated to another country. He's been completely independent, uh, dependent of uh, independent. Sorry. He's been completely independent. So yeah. Yeah. I'm ready. Like I've lived more life than you have. Yeah. And again, can I remind y'all that Kara is making balloon animals <laughs> for her job? So I think I will be okay. All right. Balloon Maybe garlands. I okay. <laughs> Um, maybe yeah. he can assist her with that. I think he'll figure it out. I am just glad that like the friend wasn't completely team Kara, and at the end was like, you know, I'm sensing that they both have some stuff yeah. to work on for this marriage to be successful. Maybe I'm making it up, but I feel like at some point she said or someone said like it'd be good if they got like a therapist or someone they could talk to, and I'm like, don't call Jabri's mom. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, why don't we move on to appreciation rings because we didn't get any Emily and Kobe. And you mentioned Jabri's mom, so this is going to come out of nowhere because I normally give authentic appreciation rings. But mine is going to go to Jabri's mom because oh, I want to learn how to do what she does. Like, how do I flip it around so that when I'm being accused of something, I can make that person talk about their insecurities? You need to study under her now while your kids are still young. So by the time they get to Jabri's age, you like totally know how to flip the script and really turn it back on them be like are you really mad at me or are you mad at yourself for how you reacted to what I said like oh you're right mom <laughs> so healthy so healthy <laughs> well my appreciation ring is gonna go to that nameless faceless uh plumber that came over to Eve's house because he didn't get a Chiron I don't think we even got like a full shot of his face. Thank God his uh, pants were like fitting correctly and we didn't get a stereotypical like plumber crack, crack. show. 
<laughs> you know, he was there. He was a true professional trying to get that bidet installed despite some mumbling, like, you know, low voice back and forth between these two about cultural differences. And he's just like, I don't know why we're installing this bidet, but these two have bigger issues than unclean anals. <laughs> they have a lot to work out and I will <laughs> be charging more. Although clean anals are important. So <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, on that clean anal note, thank you all for tuning in another week. Please be sure to give us five stars on the podcast app and a glowing review. And follow me on Instagram at Bored and Bitchy. That's Bored, letter N, Bitchy. And we will be back next week. Bye. Bye. Bored and Bitchy. Bitch. Oh. Bitchy. Bitchy. Sorry. <laughs> Bored and Bitchy. <laughs>